Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of SWOO Soul Stories. I'm your host, Heath Mulliken, the Director of Alumni Relations here at Southern Wesleyan University. We're joined today by a very special guest, alumnus Dan Benson. He's the Executive Vice President of Beacon Capital Management in Nashville, Tennessee, and he has got some great tips for us as we face uncertain financial times. Dan's got five pillars we can look to. Dan, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, he, thank you for having me. And uh, I'm excited to be here to talk about uh, the topic of money. And, you know, it's interesting when you talk about money to people, uh, you hear a lot, well, money isn't everything in life, but there's a quote by Zig Ziglar that I, I do think relates. And Zig Ziglar said, money isn't everything, but it's somewhere close to oxygen in the gotta have it scale. And so it is important that we talk through some of these topics to make sure that people are well-informed and they're able to make good decisions for them and their family as they work their way into retirement. So Dan, before we get started, can you tell everybody what is it that Beacon Capital Management does? Sure, so uh, Beacon Capital Management is an independent registered investment advisory firm that was uh, created by my father. My father started the firm over 25 years ago with the, the dream of having a one-stop shop where people could get all their financial needs handled in one place. And so here at the firm, we do financial investment planning, we do tax and income planning, we do estate planning, insurance planning, all of those things so that when people want to get advice, they can have all of those experts working under one roof for their benefit. And, uh, and so we, we help all different types of people with all different types of plans, but we're, we're kind of a uh, all things under one roof, as we call it. Well, let's get right into the five pillars of your financial house. Uh, one of those is, uh, has to do with an estate. So what does that mean for someone who may be young or a little bit older? What does that mean for them to get ready and prepare their estate? So estate planning has a lot of different pieces. A lot of people think that estate planning just deals with what happens to my stuff when I die. But uh, there's a lot of choices you have, a lot of different things to consider. And, and the biggest choice, because so many people aren't informed, is they do nothing. They don't have a plan. Even if they're, if they're not married, they think, I don't need an estate plan. Um, everyone needs an estate plan of some kind. And to put that into perspective, in the state of Tennessee, where I live, and in South Carolina, where you guys are, if, if a husband and wife with children, if a husband dies with no will, they die in test state. And in the state of Tennessee, that means the wife and the kids all equally share in that money. So even though it's probably meant to all go to the wife to take care of the kids, the kids are actually gonna benefit. And in South Carolina, they would get half of the estate. The wife gets half, the kids split the difference. And usually that's not the intention uh, when somebody passes away that's married. And so you wanna make sure that you have all your documents in order. And just to kind of round out some of those a little bit, you want a will or a trust to, to have in place. A will is a document designed to go through probate. And through probate, at the end, all your assets will get distributed. It's a little timely. It does require attorneys and, and going to court. And then a trust, which is a little more expensive on the front end, bypasses probate with no attorneys on the back end. A little bit quicker, more efficient. You need one or the other. 
Um, a durable power of attorney, which is when you're alive, someone to take care of your finances, uh, either if you become ill or if you're on a mission trip somewhere and you need your finances taken care of, a durable power of attorney gives somebody the authority to do that. Healthcare power of attorney, just the same over healthcare. If you have children, we need guardianship paperwork. What happens if, if my wife and I are gone? Who's going to take over my children? Uh, believe me, that conversation is an interesting one, was for my wife and I as well, because, you know, everyone assumes, well, if the kids, if we're not here, the kids are just going to go to my parents or whatever it is. And you'll be interested to find maybe that, that not everyone agrees with that, but you do need to have those guardianship documents in order. And then a living will, which says, uh, if I'm incapacitated, what kind of quality of life do I want if I'm not able to make decisions for myself? So those are the documents that people need to have in order. And I kind of relate this back to if we truly believe that God is the owner of all things mm. and that everything that we have is ultimately his, you know, I feel like as a steward of the property that he's entrusted me with, I better make sure that it's taken care of. And the last thing that I want uh, for my family, but also uh, through my faith is to waste money through processes and courts and attorneys just because I didn't plan for them. Right. Uh, Dan, I know you work with all types of people and families. How can preparing for things like you just said, how can that reduce some of the anxiety that we face as we're raising a family and trying to prepare for the future, just knowing that those things are squared away. Well, just, just like you said, Heath, it's the peace of mind of knowing that if the unthinkable happened, and sometimes it does, we hope it never does to us, that either your children, your wife, the ones you leave behind, your family members, um, that everything's taken care of. And, and, and honestly, I don't think anybody out there would say, Dan, I, I haven't worked hard for anything I have, and I don't care what happens to it when I die. Surely we all work hard for what we have. And if there's anything left or anything there when we do pass, there's got to be someone or something or an entity that we care about more than the support system uh, that can benefit from our money. And, and the last thing we want is for family members to go through the torment of having to try and fight for money through the intestate process, which is, um, it, it's, it's not a fun process, I can right. tell you. Well, let's, let's talk about a topic that everyone loves. Uh, we try to avoid, but it's unavoidable, and that is taxes. What can, uh, what can you tell us about how we can prepare for taxes? Well, the first thing I would say is when it comes to taxes, most people are really talking about tax preparation, right? We, we worked for a year, we earned money, and now it's February, we're trying to get a tax return back, and we're, we're really doing tax planning after the fact. Uh, you can't do tax planning once the tax year is over, and so a lot of times the advice we're getting from CPAs is to put a Band-Aid on your uh, tax problem, and whether that's add a little money to an IRA to defer some tax, what we try to help encourage people to do is, is look through the lens of forward-looking tax planning. Not just what the taxes mean for me today or how much money did I get back on my tax return this year. What are taxes going to look like for me in my retirement years when I'm going to be drawing money off my investments to support my lifestyle what can I do to put myself in the 
in the best position possible. And we are living in an, an, a time right now where taxes are fairly favorable and, and have been fairly favorable for many years compared to some of the other times. But I don't think it's unrealistic to expect that in the next, we'll say 15, 20, 25 years, just with the national deficit where we're at, that there's gonna be increased taxes coming across the board for all families. And so anything that I can do to prepay my taxes so that all my income in the future is tax-free mm. in what might be a higher tax environment, I believe that that's wise and prudent to do. And so whether that's looking at putting money into a Roth IRA or Roth 401k and not taking that tax deferment, and because so many people look at a tax deferral as, as free money, and it's, right. it's not. It's debt on money that we're going to owe in the future on a larger amount of money. And, uh, you know, so forward looking tax planning, look to the future, um, pay taxes as you go. Don't create debts on money that you're going to owe in the future uh, that you'll probably end up paying more taxes on. Right. So we, we've talked about estates. We've talked about taxes. Uh, let's talk about insurance. What is, uh, role does insurance play in our foundational pillar? When we're younger, I think insurance plays a huge role. There's two pieces that I'll talk to today. One is health insurance and life insurance. Uh, you also have property and casualty. And I'll say, Heath, the one thing that Beacon doesn't do today is property and casualty, meaning home insurance and car insurance. But uh, I'm always a big believer in the word yet. Beacon doesn't do that yet. Mm. Um, but right now, we, we mainly focus on health insurance and uh, life insurance. So when it comes to health insurance, it's important that we're, we're well insured and whether that insurance is through your employer, uh, a standalone plan, which in Tennessee, for people that are healthy, Farm Bureau around here has great plans, low cost, low deductible uh, for those that are healthy and qualify. And then you have the marketplace, uh, as it's known, or uh, MediShare, which is a Christian medical-based insurance. Those do have some pre-existing condition requirements to them. Uh, the marketplace doesn't, but the MediShare does. Um, but you want to make sure you've got good insurance. And, and a lot of folks are finding themselves where they have insurance, but it's a high deductible. Mm -hmm. And if you're in a high deductible insurance plan, there, there's a count out there called a savings account, an HSA. And as a family, you can contribute $7,100 each year. As an individual, it's a little less. But it's the only triple tax-free investment out there, Heath. You get a tax break on money going in. You don't pay taxes on what you put in. Reduces your taxes each year. It grows tax-free. And when you pull it out for qualified health expenses, it comes out tax-free. And even though the contribution amount is limited, if you can put in 7000 a year or so for 15, 20 years, try not to use this money. It's kind of like the holy grail. Right. Um, in the future, as we get older and health goes down for most people, you're going to have a nice pot of money sitting there that you can pull out of with no tax obligation uh, to help cover some of those expenses. And, uh, and then life insurance, if you're married with kids, make sure you've got adequate amounts of very cheap and expensive term insurance. Um, but for those that have done a little better in life, maybe they're a little bit further ahead and they want to do some retirement income tax planning, there is an investment out there. I don't have a lot of time to go into the details, but it's called an IUL, 
And I ran an illustration that a 40 year old putting in 7,500 a year till they're 65 at that time would be able to generate almost $35,000 of tax-free income till the day they die. So wow. small amount of contributions, time is the benefactor here. Uh, and it is a way to get some tax-free income and there's death benefits for the family if you pass away. So there are some ways through insurance that we can plan for ourselves: health savings account, uh, IULs, different strategies. And again, there's a recurring theme here if you haven't noticed, tax-free really trying to put ourselves in a position with some tax diversification for our retirement years. Don't just focus on today, look through the bigger picture. Yeah. So let's say you're a parent with young children, even teenage children. Should we be thinking about life insurance for our children at this age? Uh, you know, some people do. Um, I have three kids of my own. I can tell you personally, I don't have any insurance on their lives. Um, some people do insure their children. It's really inexpensive. And so it's not a bad option. It doesn't cost a whole lot of money. And if something did happen to one of those kids, um, you know, there would be some insurance money there. I have seen where people have purchased these in IULs for their children as a, as a savings vehicle to help their kids save because the money inside this IUL vehicle can actually be pulled out even for college expenses tax-free. Um, so there's different purposes. I would say that there's a place for both. You just got to figure out what's my ultimate goal here. Uh, is it death benefit if my children pass away or is it more to help them save, get a head start on saving for their own uh, future? Right, right. Um, Next, let's talk about investments. This is something people always have questions about. What can you guys tell us about the smart investments these days? Well, investments is broad. It, it is difficult to condense it down, but I'll, I'll kind of look at it through a concept of investing. And for most of the people out there, they're gonna be in their accumulation years. We're trying to accumulate wealth, save money, to be able to put ourselves in a position to feel confident to walk away from work forever, permanent unemployment mm -hmm. and retire one day. And so you wanna make sure you're taking advantage of the opportunities out there. I would say the single biggest thing everyone wants to do is if you work for an employer that will match you on your investments and contribute up to 100% of that match today. Don't miss a dollar of the free money. Take free money all day long. And if you get to the point where you've exceeded the match, then there's other opportunities out there. Um, but inside these employer plans, again, make sure you're investing in the Roth 401k, not the traditional. We want the tax-free money in the future. Uh, and then Roth IRAs and uh, different types of Roth conversions and things like that. So, um, and if you, if you have extra money out there that you're saving, outside of your employer, you know, I would encourage you look for an independent registered investment advisory firm similar to a beacon. Uh, we're fiduciaries. We have to act in the best interest of the client. That's what you want. Uh, if you're dealing with money, you want to make sure the people that are handling that money are required and, and held to a higher standard to make sure your interests are always put first. And it's interesting in my industry, it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, if you work under the suitability standard of care, all I have to do is what's deemed relatively suitable for anyone in your 
average stage of life. And uh, I don't know about you, but if, if it's coming to my money, I want to know that I'm the priority and that my interests are being looked at. Um, and having someone else do some of your investments can also help take some of the emotions out, which mm. uh, emotions are high these days, if you haven't noticed, for many reasons. <laughs> and it kind of gives us a soundboard to stay the course through um, times that are uncertain, unpredictable environments. Right. So we've talked about estate, tax, insurance, investments. Uh, what's this final pillar for our finan uh, financial foundation? Well, the goal is if you do all of these things right, and you don't want to wait till you get all these right to start, but it's giving. Uh, and when it comes to giving, I want to ask you to ask yourself, when it comes to this topic, am I a random tipper? Am I a regular contributor or am I ridiculously generous? And I will say that if you do all of the things right in these four pillars, you'll get to a point in life where you are ridiculously generous. And uh, I can tell you that I work with a lot of people of all different demographics from low income to high level executives. And of all of those people, the happiest people that I work with today aren't the ones with the most money necessarily. It's the ones that, that give the most. Mm. And so the Bible has a lot to say about giving 2,350 verses over 15% of the Bible talks about giving. Right. And, you know, if, if we can't be trusted with little, so many people go, well, I, I can't give today. I don't have enough or I, mm. I don't make enough. Um, we can all give in many different ways. We can give money give time, we can give our talents to help train other people. Um, so much of us today, I feel like we get caught up in this material kind of world and we're inundated with it, right? We all are. I am mm -hmm. um, with advertisements, TV, social media. Um, when I go to Google, next thing I know, my Facebook has popped up with all <laughs> these ads. We're inundated with materialism. Right. It's easy to get caught up in and, and get on this train where we start buying things with money that we don't have to impress people that don't even care. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, they're out chasing the next guy too. So, you know, you really want to spend some time on this. There's a couple great uh, verses, one in Luke, one in Proverbs. And the one in Proverbs says, one person that's generous grows more wealthy. The wow. person that's generous grows more wealthy. Another that withholds more than he should comes to poverty. And I think the Bible's very clear that the goal is uh, not just to be a tither, but to be, a, to be ridiculously generous and to get to the point where we're able to give uh, in ways that we never dreamed of. And believe me, if you're out there going, that's not possible for me, you don't understand my circumstance. I do understand your circumstance. I came from that. And uh, it is possible for everyone. And that's the most exciting part when you get to that um, you know, life is full of joy. And I hope that everyone takes heed to, the, to this advice, starts getting these pillars in place to put themselves in a position uh, to be a great and generous giver. So let me ask you this, Dan, with, with the people you work with, I'm sure you've seen people who didn't have any of these pillars in place. And then you've worked with pillars, people with a few of them or all of them. How would you describe that person that Beacon works with, that they've got all five going like, What's the difference that you see in their life? Well, it's, it's the peace of mind. 
Um, you know, if there's, there, there's a lot of things going on in our life that we have to be concerned about, you know, our income, our bills, uh, and then adding some savings on top of that, being a giver, being generous, our insurance, making sure we're covered. There's a lot that life throws at us. And those that are willing to take the time, and I will say this takes time. You need to come up with an action plan and go, you know, I'm going to tackle this, then I'm going to go after this, then I'm going to go after this. And every time you get one done, reward yourself a little bit. Uh, take a break for a month and then go into the next one. But it's the peace of mind that you get. And so when we enter into times that are uncertain, that are volatile, that are hostile, and we feel like we have no control over what's going on around us, the one thing that you do control are these items. You have full control over all the pillars that I just mentioned. And it does give you peace of mind and a sense of calm as we go through turbulent times to know that you know, there's some things that are out of my control, but the ones that I do control, I've done well. Well, Dan, uh, you have given us a lot to chew on, a lot to think about. Thank you uh, so much. Hey, we, we've got some more time with Dan where we have taken questions from you, many of our alumni, some great questions that are pertinent to the current days we're living in. I want to take a moment and thank uh, Lewis Knight and a lot of his staff here at the SWU Digital Media Lab. If you have not been to campus and seen this, how amazing it is. Uh, so thanks to them. Thanks to Dan. Uh, thanks for listening to this edition of SWU Stole Stories. I'm Heath Mulliken, and we'll see you next time.